Hello and welcome, you're with Thomas Muller and you're listening to the first edition of Teaching Tales. Most of us remember a moment in our school years when a teacher, a mentor or a friend profoundly impacted the course of our education and perhaps for some of us the course of our lives. Those years at school between five and late teens are unquestionably some of the most character defining and tumultuous. Teachers have the privilege and the duty to positively influence their students. But who influenced these great influences of our education system? This new podcast series, Teaching Tales, will bring you the stories of graduate teachers and pre-service teachers who will share their reflections on the moments that shape their emerging teacher identities and their experiences as learners. This week, I am pleased to welcome Jessie Truscott, a Master of Teaching student at Monash University. Jessie is a pre-service teacher specialising in English and the visual arts. that I would like to reflect on today took place in Year 9 English. I was attending an all-girls grammar school in Melbourne's southeast in the late 90s and my teacher at the time was Mrs Dillon. Our class was exploring the text looking for Ella Brandy. I recall being active in discussions about key themes such as identity, cultural heritage, belonging and family. After a series of activities in which we were encouraged to connect our own lives and experiences to the text, we were asked to write an extended response. Mrs Dillon recognised weakness in the response that I was writing. As I often did, I was getting carried away with multiple ideas, letting my creativity flow freely on the page. Mrs Dillon asked me to stay back after class. I was nervous. The teacher waited until all the other students had left and asked, Jessie, do you know what a paragraph is? She went on to ask, do you know how to use them? Frankly, I didn't. Mrs Dillon reassured me that I was doing well in class and that she valued my contributions to discussions, but she implored me to improve my writing skills, in particular how to structure an argument to get my ideas across. Making connections to everyday texts from my life, such as the lyrics of pop songs and scripts from my favourite television show at the time, Dawson's Creek, the teacher began to teach me the basics of effectively setting out an argument and using paragraphs. In the next weeks, Mrs Dillon continued to provide extra support and feedback. I didn't go on to achieve perfect grades in English, but this well-timed and well-delivered intervention, small as it may seem, had a profound impact on my level of literacy skills. It positively influenced 
the perspective I had of myself as a learner and the approach I will take as a teacher. Looking back now, I realised that although I didn't have the best technical or operational skills, I was engaging with a wide variety of texts in my everyday life and my critical and cultural literacy was strong. My friendship circle read widely outside of class and we were forever discussing the big ideas. Much of my spare time was spent listening to music, making art and performing as part of the school theatre group. When Mrs. Dillon intervened because I wasn't using paragraphs, she used my knowledge of popular culture to engage with me and explain the concept of structuring a beginning, middle and end in my writing. It is important for a teacher to break down the divide between school literacy practices and youth culture, and she did this effectively. Dylan displayed a deep understanding of my strengths and weaknesses as, as a student. The writing skills gaps I had was not a class-wide issue, as most of the students in my Year 9 class were able to structure the extended response with little or no trouble. I think perhaps I had either not been taught or had not significantly valued good structure. At the time, I believed you either could or couldn't write well. Language skills are vastly affected by family, friends and community. My mother, although university educated, used to comment that no one in our family could write and was convinced that this was hereditary. It is only now, with hindsight, that I realised before Mrs Dillon's intervention, I believed this to be the case. Mrs. Dillon gave me confidence that I could build my writing skills and importantly, she didn't allow deficit thinking to stop her encouraging me to be a better writer. Far from being hereditary, Mrs. Dillon's approach championed the view that writing is something that can be taught. This view is backed by academic Griffin, who argues that writing is not a natural self-expressive activity or a set of skills that can be picked up easily without careful technical instruction. Perhaps Mrs Dillon was the first person in my life to treat me as a writer, and this is important regardless of student ability. As a learner, being given direct feedback could well have had a different impact. This is something English teacher Lisa Breen has reflected on, noting that over the course of her career, she learnt the impact of teacher feedback in building or eroding student confidence. My teacher's intervention went positively, primarily because of the relationship she had built with me. She highlighted my operational skill deficiency, which of course was uncomfortable to hear, but at the same time, 
She provided comfort in relation to my existing language skills. The after effects of this episode of feedback were that as a learner, I worked harder because she believed in me. Reflecting now, I can see that Mrs Dillon was one of the figures who have influenced my views and values about teaching English and my emerging teacher identity. Mrs Dillon's approach was not one size fits all. While she helped me, she helped numerous other students to extend themselves differently. Learners are not homogenous and students bring unique and varied prior experiences and a personal context. With this in mind, I hope to embrace diversity in my English classroom. This is particularly important when you consider the notion of heteroglossia. Heteroglossia refers to the unique way a person speaks. And Lisa Breen uses this concept to argue that students' heteroglossic worlds cannot be eliminated from classroom discourse. Ultimately, I want students to feel empowered to share their insights and original ideas on texts. And for this to occur, they need to feel comfortable. Creating a safe classroom environment helps eliminate the potential for students to feel excluded. There is much literature highlighting the potential for language to marginalise those not part of the dominant discourse. Like Mrs Dillon, I hope to get the balance right between encouraging students to bring their whole selves into the classroom and providing coaching on how to communicate in a structured and standardised style to ensure students have the best opportunities possible to be fully literate. Student lives are rich, and I see myself as a co-learner. Jeffrey Willem, who is an advocate of inquiry learning in the English classroom, argues that a teacher comes as a co-learner and does not have all the answers to all the questions. And this is something that I find inspiring. For students to achieve the desired learning outcomes, the curriculum needs to be enacted, or as Neelands calls it, lived. In delivering the unit of work on looking for Ella Brandy, Mrs Dillon designed activities that would bring the text to life for the class, including discussions of our own cultural heritage and role play of school scenarios. Enacting the curriculum in this way drives learning across operational, critical and cultural dimensions of literacy something which is the focus of Green's 3D model of literacy. Curriculum needs to drive all three areas of literacy equally. This model will be something that I consider in my planning and delivery of literacy learning. To wrap things up, 
it's quite humbling and also daunting to reflect on the significant influence an English teacher can have on a student's life. Mrs Dillon taught me about structure, but more importantly, she taught me to see value in the endeavour of bettering myself as a writer. In doing so, her intervention benefited me across multiple disciplines throughout my life, and she has undoubtedly influenced my views and values of teaching English and my emerging teacher identity. I hope to emulate Mrs Dillon, achieving the purpose of what it is to be an English teacher, to help young people lead literate lives. And that brings us to the end of our first Teaching Tales podcast. You heard from Jessie Truscott, a Master of Teaching student at Monash University, reflecting on a critical moment that has shaped her approach to learning and teaching. The soundtrack that accompanied our podcast today was chosen by Jessie. It featured popular hits from the 1990s and music from the motion picture Looking for Ella Brandy. I'm Thomas Muller. Thank you for listening. Thank you.